Hi, I'm Jeff Johnston, host of the Living Undeterred podcast. This is a reminder that we're going on tour next summer. Yes, that's right. We're going on tour. The Living Undeterred U.S. Tour 2022. We're leaving on May 9th next summer. We're going to every state and we're raising a million dollars. That's the plan to change the narrative on mental health, substance abuse, and addiction. We need your help though. I cannot do this alone. I know there's a lot of people out there interested in this uh, project of ours. You can go to our website, www.livingundeterred.com. We need volunteers. We need state partnerships. We need sponsors. We need as many people as we can to get out there and help those people that need help to change the narrative on mental health, substance abuse, and addiction. Again, go to livingundeterred.com and click on the Living Undetoured icon, and all the information is there. Again, thank you very much for the support, and as always, keep living undeterred. Hello, I'm Jeff Johnston. Welcome to the Living Undeterred podcast. I'm super excited to have my guest, Eric Boyamon today from uh, Boise, Idaho. A number of people I've met from Boise just in the last 30 to 60 days. This would be a great conversation. Eric is the second person on the Living Undeterred podcast that I've had that is in the industry, um, actually with the same broker-dealer affiliation that I have. So we're going to navigate a little bit about the financial services industry, uh, some of the issues we see on both sides of the fence, from our side of the fence and from the, the client lens. And uh, for those of you that are new to the show, uh, the Living Undeterred podcast was my idea I came up with in conjunction with the Living Undeterred project, which is to talk about um, living a very resilient and confident, positive life, uh, often in the face of adversity. On October 4, 2016, my life changed uh, drastically. We lost our oldest son to a heroin overdose. And then on June 29th of this year, nine weeks ago, I lost my wife. And I will um, refrain from saying how she died, but some mountains are just too high to climb. And grief takes a tremendous toll on people. And I've lost two people now in my life in less than five years. So I have found a way to become a better man, not a bitter man. And it's something I carry with me every day in my heart. And ironically, today, Eric, is International Overdose Awareness Day. I don't really? know if you knew that. Yeah. No, so yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the issues we have with mental health and all that. But anyway, without further ado, our guest today is the awesome Eric Boyum. Eric, great to see you. Um, I've said before and I've said it again. Sometimes you meet people you feel like you went to elementary school with. <laughs> <laughs> I've only known you for a couple I don't know if I've even known you for a month, but it's not been very long. But I feel like uh, you and I connected on, on LinkedIn very quickly. And then yeah. when we got, we peeled back the layers of all the fluff that people have. We we found right. out you and I, you and I have a lot in common in regards to dealing with adversity and trauma and setbacks. And and um, and we're going to talk about that today. So thanks for coming to the show, man. Good seeing you. I, I appreciate it. And um, when you say going to different schools together, I had one guy one time, he goes, hey, did we go to different high schools together? <laughs> See, that's my ADD. I would say something like that and think it made sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, actually, um, yeah, we met on a, on that, um, on John's thing. John Statmuller, yeah. That's, that's how we met. And we kind of interacted on that a little bit. And then we connected outside of that. 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt a connection with you right away and, and it was just hearing your story, um, really touched with me because I went through a lot of similar things in my life as well. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And, um, even while I was going through it, the main thing I was always looking for was someone who had been through it before and really understood it because we, we can talk about it and right. we can try and explain it. But if you haven't really gone through it, you don't understand the, the emotional burden and baggage that you can carry, um, for and a very, me, very, very long time. I do want to, stop you for a second and, and make a comment because I think what you said is very important on both sides here. Um, I know it's rhetorical for us when someone dies or someone, something happens, we say, you know, I understand what you're going through. And as a, yeah. as a survivor, yeah. like you and I are, our first reaction is, well, that's very nice, but you don't understand what I'm going through. But we right. would never say that. We would never say that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The, yeah. same, the same thing is true as if if, um, and, I, and I'll say this because I've had people on my show that have had uh, sexual abuse, abuse and have been raped, but if someone was sexually abused and they told me their story, I would say, well, I understand what you're going through, even though I don't, I don't right. understand what they're going through. Right. So we don't want to stop people from, from reaching out and, and saying, right. Hey, I, I understand what you're going through. The reality yeah. is we all trauma is trauma and, right. Right. you know, um, adversity right. is adversity and none, none is really one, you know, more intense or more. Um, or, or better or worse than anyone else's. It's just unique to us. Right. You know? Right. And right. so I just, I just that thought popped in my head and I thought I'd comment on that because I think, I think we too far often on social media, just pat each other on our back and we, we send right. thumbs up and we say, Hey, you it's going to be okay. You'll get over right. it and you move on. Right. It doesn't always work that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're kind of, we're a little bit flippant with it, I guess. Right. Um, my wife and I, in fact, we were talking about it today. I, I took her to work today and we were talking, um, my mom died six years ago of cancer and I had a great relationship with my mom, talked to her like twice a week. You know, um, my mom and I, we were both, we're both the youngest of our family. So we kind of had a kinship going there and my brother and sister, they're all, they were in college before I even got into junior high. So my, I was, I was an unexpected child. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always said you, the best is last. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Um, but going through that, um, my wife made the comment today because her dad just passed away in February of cancer. Okay. Okay. And she goes, I never really understood what you were going through until now. She goes, this is hard because we just had a, my nephew just got married and he's not there, you know? Mm. And I said, yeah, I said, it's really hard because you go to these family events and you think about them and go, oh. They would say this or they would do, you know, you just right. remember, you start to remember them, which is, which is awesome, honestly, right. which right. is awesome. Um, but you can't really identify the depth of loss or the depth of pain unless you've been through it and mm -hmm. you think you can, but there is a definite difference um, in, in the two of right. whether, you know, experiencing it or just being genuinely caring. And I don't want people to not care. I'm not saying you don't care, but there, there's just a different level of it. Um, so that when, uh, you know, you and I can talk to people who are dealing with um, friends and family members who are dealing with addiction. 
we can say we can relate to them because we've dealt with it. Right. And it's, and when I was in the middle of all of that, I was just searching for someone who had gone through it. Right. So that I would know I can get through it because you don't understand the, the, not just the pain, but the deception that an addict does. I mean, this is, you know, we we always say an an addict lies all the time and Mm -hmm. it's really hard and uh, people don't understand that. Well, they're so nice and they're, yeah, yeah, they are to you, you know, but behind closed doors, it's chaos. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to do more of, especially with the projects I'm working on, the people I'm talking to, is the narrative behind the stigma behind a lot of these conversations. And right. even just even just the word addict, you know, yeah. you and I, you and I talk about it and we say the word, but then I'm in the right. back of my head thinking, oh, wait a minute, Jeff, you're trying to change the narrative. Then why do you keep saying the word addict? And why do you say alcoholic? And why do you say sober? And why do you say right. ADD? You know, I right. go back to my son. Our son was given Adderall for ADD and right. ADD was a label. It, it meant right. it was right. supposedly, obviously it's bad. Or why would a doctor give you a pill? You know, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. bad. I have ADD and you probably do too. And it's, yep. it's a superpower in a way. Yeah. But, you know, so one of the things I'm trying to do is, and it takes, it's a, it's work. And it, I have to right. start with myself is some of these words that we like addict is a great one. I start off like my classes. Um, my son and I would give some presentations at the local high school here. And I would ask the kids in the class, give me some words that describe addict or addiction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can imagine these first, these, uh, these oh, freshmen, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's all alcohol, drugs. It's, you know, all these things. And I said, how about, healthy eating? How about telling the truth? How about working out? How about positivity? Yeah. Aren't those right. addictions? Aren't those addictions too? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm trying to get them to think that the word addict isn't a bad word. It's right. It's, it's the stigma we put behind words like that. Even, right. you know, um, again, I can't think off the top of my head other words, but, but there's plenty of words out there that you could find the, the, the counter to them. So right. addiction, addictions are great. It's just, right. we want, we want the good ones, right? Right. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's just, it's all habits, right? You know, it's whether it's good habits, bad habits, you know, and some of them are more compulsory than others. And, right. and you, you know, you're right. And that's, that's how you get through it though, is you just start changing the little things and the little things, they all add up. I'm so happy um, you said habits, Eric. I'm so happy you said habits because there's a part in my book that I found, I was doing my research, the difference between negative habits and negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the problem is, is that we tell, you know, I say we as in society, we talk about negative emotions, you know, anger, greed, jealousy, hatred, sadness, you know, these things that evoke a lot of, um, let's say, negative feelings. And we right. tell we tell our children, you know, and, and we say this in especially LinkedIn's really good at this where they're telling us to basically not have these things, you know, be mm-hmm. positive, always do this, always right, do that. Right. It's like, it's like, no, 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 Negative emotions are perfectly fine. It's what makes us human. We just want to keep right. their lifespan. We want to keep the lifespan short. It's like you said, Eric, the negative habits we have to avoid smoking, drinking, lying, right. vaping, stealing, all those things that are negative right. habits. Yeah. I'm happy, no. you, I'm happy you said that word. Yeah. Because, um, um, I'm also writing a book and it's interesting that the direction that it's taking, for me, um, 
and it's it's I, I was going through the uh, the the book is the book of Prover- proverbs the book of fools and butts because there's 72 verses that have the word fool in it and hmm. i started reading proverbs because i didn't want to be the fool right but i found that out of the 72 verses that were there i was 70 of them so you know and um anyway it was kind of interesting going through that of 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 those 72 verses 28 of them deal with how we speak hmm. And I'm going, you know, maybe there's a message there. And I started doing more research. And basically what it comes down to is we all get the same data input. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all of our surroundings. It is, we have our five senses give us input. We've got mm-hmm. a positive voice. We have a negative voice that all are giving us input all the time. And if we don't do something with that information, now some of it is just, you know, you know, like behind me, look, there's a coffee pot behind me. We delete that, get rid of it, you know? And if we don't get rid of it, if we don't consciously delete some of that, like, especially the negative stuff, we have to consciously delete that stuff out of our mind. Mm -hmm. If we don't, it just gets stored into a file and it's just sitting there in the back of our brain. And this file keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with more stuff and information in it that when the bad voice, the negative voice says something, pops in, that file comes to the front and all of that gets exposed Hmm. and you start to get overwhelmed with that. And then it starts to, then you tie an emotion to it, which gets called the heart, your inner self, that emotion. Then you get, now it's emotional and now it starts to become a part of you. And out of that are the words that you speak and how you speak is the direction in which you're going to go. And that can be either on the positive side or negative side. Now there were a lot of t- a lot of years, and I'm still working on it. I'm just oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. I am too. But I I found myself listening more to that negative voice than I was to the positive voice, and to reprogram and and delete files of consciously deleting files of you know, um, for me my past would come up of you know you really treated that person poorly in the eighth grade. Yeah, but that was the eighth grade and that's not me now. Delete. Right, right. You know, I could, I could, I could dwell on that. Um, you know, I mean, I, my wife and I, we've talked about it before. I said, if I ever go back home and bump into my girlfriend that before her, I owe her a deep apology. I am yeah. so sorry for the way I treated you. I was horrible. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was young, dumb, didn't know better. Right. And, you know, um, it, but that pops into my head and I go, okay, wait, but that's not me now. Delete. And I it, think people focus on that and they go, well, but I, well, you know, and they, they start to think about it and you can't think about it. You gotta, it's not you now, or it's not who you want to be. So, so stop dwelling on it. There's a great book I read and I can't remember the author. I want to say Andy Norman, but I can't remember. It's called mental immunity. Mm-hmm. And it talks about building up, uh, it talks about um, mind parasites. These are yep. things that come into yeah. our mind, like a virus, like a, like yeah. a computer virus, yeah. like yeah. like COVID. You know, it's it's yeah. a we take a vaccination to to fight COVID. We we buy malware protection on our computers to fight viruses, but right. we don't do anything for our minds. We don't right. do anything to protect our minds. So what you've kind of talked about in a way, and I'm going to ask you a follow up question here is, you know, I have certain ways that I build up immunity systems in my mind mm-hmm. to protect myself from viruses. 
Right. And, and I mean, metaphoric viruses in a way. Um, right. But what are some things that you do in your day to day, week to week, year to year processes to protect yourself from, I'll call them the mind viruses? The mind virus. That's, I love that term. That's really good because that's exactly, that really is what it is. Right. Know? Right. I mean, I mean, it's just this little, and I like the parasite because a parasite right. gets in, dwells, burrows, and grows, you know? And that's exactly what can happen with these thoughts. So for me, like one of the things I do is I actually, I will say out loud, no, that's mm. not me. That's not who I am. And it's not where I'm going. I out loud. Act, out, out loud. So if you say that at, at, at Target, you know, and you're buying, you're in the milk section, you say, no, do people like turn around and look at you? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so when I'm in public, I, I translate that and I, and I will say out loud, I will go four, three, two one done. And it's the huh. same thing to me. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, but I mean, when I'm in the park and I'm jogging, sometimes that pops in, I will say it out loud. I don't care. Um, because it, for me, the, the saying it, hearing it, thinking it all at the same time cements it. You know what, you know what, it, 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 Eric, what it really is, is your hyper awareness of these things coming. Mm -hmm. And and for me, meditation has been my, uh, my, my lens because I can see the, the birth of negative, uh, emotions and negative thoughts. I mean, I can literally see them coming down the road right? and, and I get out of the way and, and it's literally like watching this demon car from hell flying down the highway. And you're like, you're like, you know, I don't want to be on this thing. I'm going to get out of the way and hide behind the bushes. And I'm just going to watch it go by. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to wave at it. I'm just going to watch. And I've kind of got my mind when I, when I'm getting angry on something or today was a good example. Today was today's opioid or overdose awareness day. So I made a post on social media Well, I pulled up a picture of Seth and it was like fifth grade. And man, I tell you, I could start to see that demon car from hell coming down the highway. Yep. Yep. And and I hid off in the bushes and I said, okay, leave, you know? Right. I, right. I mean, I didn't even say that. I, I just watched right. it. And that right. that 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 picture of my son Seth is still there, but the right. negative, the the sadness, the the right. sorrow, the pain, the suffering, it just amazingly just went on by. Right. Yep. So I think I think that is something that you've hit on when you talked about your four, three, two, one. I think that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, that's, and that's and I'm a work in progress. I mean, I because I caught myself yesterday of not keep giving into my emotions. Then you're human, in, dude. You're human. Give into my good, you know, instead of giving into my good habits, right. I bent to my emotions and I let my emotions, you know, and emotions. Running on emotions is good sometimes, but right. most times it's what gets us in trouble. And that's when right. we have to say, I'm sorry. And I've always taught my kids, sorry is not good enough. You have to ask for forgiveness because then the power's in the other person's hands, no longer in yours. And you need to ask for forgiveness. And, um, you know, and that's still hard to do. I mean, but I had to reach out this morning, seek forgiveness from somebody of saying, you know what? I, you caught me at a bad time. I lashed out. I shouldn't have, sorry, you know, forgive me, but, but you're right. But you consciously were aware of that demon bus just coming down <laughs> to you, you know, 
I have this, you know, I got the same thing. I deal with the same thing, but I also know you, like you said, I start my day out the same way of going, all right, ground myself in where I'm going, what I'm doing. Um, you know, we mentioned before, you know, you, you do meditation. I do prayer. I mean, I'm yeah. a, as I always say, I'm a recovering Nazarene pastor. So, yeah. um, you know, w- w- the, the, the process is the same, just what we do is different, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's what a lot of people miss is, um, and I'm an avid backpacker, mountain climber. And the reason why is, is I, it's more spiritual for me to be out there in the wilderness right. than anything right. else. And a lot of people that I know that are backpackers like myself say the same thing. Well, I think what gets us into that spiritual place is the silence. It's it's so funny, it's interesting just, you say that because for me, scuba diving yep. is scuba diving is my, and mm-hmm. that's a picture over here is a picture that my son and I got in, uh, I'll turn a little bit in, um, in Bonaire. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a place called thousand steps where there's a thousand steps that go down to the ocean. And I bought this from a, an artist who actually painted it from the view of the ocean, looking back at the shore. Got it. And so my son and I basically were on that spot. And the reason why I think scuba diving for me works and some people jog, some people lift weights, mm-hmm. you, you know, you do hiking. And the interesting thing with scuba diving is you can be with other humans, right. but you, but you can't communicate. Exactly. You can't talk underwater. Exactly. So I exactly. can be sitting, I can be sitting right next to you and I can see something beautiful, but I got to keep my, my mouth shut. I can't, right. I can't say, Oh, look at this, Eric. And then we start talking about the football game this weekend or something. Right. You know, the beauty right. of scuba diving is it, it's like forced meditation with other humans. And you're, you're forced to take it in. Yeah. Just take it in. And it's really Um, breathing. It's really breathing. Yeah. Because that's all scuba diving is, is focusing on your breathing. I mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a a master diver. So. Are you really? I relate with you on that one. Yeah. Good for Um, you. We're going to Rotan. My son and I are going to Rotan at the end of this month. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. In fact, I, I made it a requirement for my wife to get certified before we got married. Good for you. Because I was diving like five times a week. And then after we got married, we went twice. So go for yeah, it. My, my wife was certified too. Prudence was an awesome diver. Uh, that's one of the things that we enjoyed doing together on our on our um, our vacations was to go diving. So uh, diving's always got a special place for me as therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was. I mean, and that's what I loved about it the most is, like you said, all you can hear and all you really focus on is your breathing. Right. And I love that. I mean, looking back at it and what you're saying now, I think that's what I liked about it the most too. Right. Yeah. Was that, uh, you know, and I didn't, I didn't realize it now until, I mean, actually you said it. Yeah. That's what I liked. I mean, I used to sit in the bottom of a pool with my tank on and just look up. I know. Just, isn't that awesome? And just, and I mean, those were some of my best happy spots, Yeah. you know? Um, and I, I loved it. And uh, you know, it, it yeah. And, and what we have to, if you don't, I'm just going to tell people, if you don't have that thing, get that thing. Right. Right. Absolutely. you got to get that thing. Nothing will start to change. Nothing will start to get better until you get that thing. And um, because you, the rest of the world doesn't get better until you make yourself better. hundred percent. hundred percent. And because, yeah. you know, you, uh, karma, whatever you, and we talked about a little bit about it uh, earlier about how, you know, 
you, you get what you speak, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't work on your internal you and work on you, you're going to keep spewing out the same garbage and you're going to keep getting garbage back. But if you don't work on yourself, then you're not going to get what you want and you're not going to get that happiness. You're not going to get that peace. You're not going to get it, it. It'll totally elude you because you're not ready to receive it. I like to say when you find your why, you'll find your way. Yes. And yeah. and again, um, and again, someone who's religious can take mm-hmm. that as as uh, a, 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 a spiritual type saying. Right. I, I, on the other hand, I'm agnostic. So right. the beauty for me is that it, it's really open to any interpretation from my perspective. Um, right. and, and the word spiritual, I'm OK with that word for me. Um, but it's more an internal spirituality, not mm-hmm. a celestial, you know, it's not, right. it's not something otherworldly for, mm-hmm. for me, my motivation comes from within and that the beauty of this, Eric is, you know, whatever you believe in isn't as important as how you behave. Correct. And behavior trumps belief every time for Correct. me, I meet, I meet atheists, I meet Catholics, I meet agnostics I, and they're all doing heroic things. Right. So, but I also meet atheists, agnostics, and you know, uh, and and, uh, and religious people, say Catholics or Christians, that are jerks. Right. So, right. So, so it's <laughs> like you know, right. I, right. I don't really, I don't. I used to. I'm 55. I don't. I don't really care what people believe. Correct. I care how you behave, how you treat right. other people. What's your why? What's your passion? Are you? Are you? Right. Are you? Do you have empathy? Do you have sympathy? Are right. you volunteering? Are you charitable? You can believe in Gozar the Barbarian. I don't. I don't really care. You know, <laughs> right, right? It doesn't. Right. Right. right we we yeah. get so hung up. We get so hung up on that. You got to believe right. what I believe. You got to believe right. what I believe. Right. Bull, right. Bull crap. You know. And 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 um, I've had people say, well, if well, if I if people if I knew people in church thought like you did, I'd actually go. And I'm like, well, yeah. Love <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, well, yeah. yeah I mean, I I get yeah. that. Um, right. Because I, I mean, that's why I'm a recovering pastor because. Yeah. And, um, you know, people, there's a lot of people are just in your face. And like you said, you have to believe what I believe or else. Right. And I'm like, no, you, you are free to believe whatever you want to believe. I'm only responsible for me and what I do. You can, and I'm with you. You can say that you are one way, but if you act something, your actions will speak twice as loud as your words. I can't remember what Albert Einstein said, but he said something in effect about if you, something like if you only believe for reward or, mm-hmm. or, or to avoid punishment, then we're, then you're a sorry lot indeed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said some quote like that. If your only reason you're believing is to go somewhere where there's, you know, a magical place or, or you're just afraid to go right. somewhere else. Right. Then that's not, that's not really belief. You know, that's, that's, right. that's, that's not a sincere right. belief, I guess. That's more of a, you know, you're, you're, you're motivated by avoidance or by, by a reward. And he just said, he, he said, then we're a Cesare lot. If that, if that's the case, then it's unfortunate right. that people can't just believe in something because it's the right damn thing to do. Right. Right. You know, and that's my wife and I, we talk about, it, you know, growing up, it was the fear of yeah. God, which right. made us go to church because right. if you didn't screw up, you know, you're right. going to be smited. Right. And it was just totally, you know, and, it, and yeah. And then, 
Heck, when, they when do that. They, they do that on Scooby Doo, man. I mean, that, right. that's the whole that's the whole premise of Scooby Doo. You know, don't go to the farm. There's this ghost there or something, and the guy's got yeah. like gold in the farm. You know, it's like yeah. Yeah. the whole yeah. the whole premise of trying to scare people to change behavior. And and you know, investments investments do that too. The investment right. business oh, yeah. does that oh, too. Yeah. You know, yeah, the well, next, I mean, the coming crash, you need to buy cryptocurrency, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, yeah. we, 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 the change, yeah. and I talked to Daniel Crosby about this in my book, the, the change behavior, we either inspire people or we scare them. Right. And I, I don't think that needs to be that way. Why can't we right. just change behavior by showing people the right way to right. do things? Right. As, as I say, um, for me, I, I came up with this a couple of years ago of, of for me, I finally have said, I'm going to quit preaching sermons. And I want to be a living, I want to be a living sermon. Good for you, brother. That's so awesome, that man. When, I love it. And, and I, I mean, my clients come up and go, are you religious? We figured you are. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, you know, and I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's in my bio. I was a pastor, you yeah. know, and they're like, oh, you were, you know, and it's, but for me, I take that as a compliment because I'm not an in your face kind of a guy with that. Right. And it's just, and I'm like, cause. Because like with you, I'm sharing my beliefs, but I'm not telling you, well, you know, in Ecclesiastes, this is what it yeah. says, and you better <laughs> darn well do it. You know, you want to change change behavior, walk the walk. Amen. Preach it. Yeah, that's it. I, that's I tell it. parents this too. I tell parents this too. You don't want your kids to drink, you quit drinking. Right. You don't right. want your kids to smoke, you quit smoking. You don't want your kids right. to lie, don't lie to them. Correct. You know, and this weekend, college football is going to be playing. The Hawks play. It's at Indiana. We play. It's a big game. Tailgaters, garages around here are going to be full. All these parents are going to be drinking and drunk. Right. And all these kids are going to be running around. The next generation right. of alcoholics and addicts. Right. We, You want to stop? I'm not preaching. I'm right. telling you this. You want to get your kids to respect you and to yep. change behavior before you yep. have to change behavior? Well, then you quit drinking. Exactly. Simple because, as that. Simple they, as that. They 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 are watching you oh hell way yeah. more than they are listening to you oh hell yeah um you know because my, it's funny this weekend my, my wife said the same she goes seriously how did you turn out so well with the family that you grew up with <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know you know yeah. it's like well it was effort you know right and I said, but i also married you you were the right partner right that i wanted to change for right i said you know and I, and I, I've told her this many, many times, if I, and I honestly believe this, if I had not met my wife, I would probably be in jail for murder because I was filled with that much anger, that much yeah. rage. And I was, I was literally at that point where I could have killed somebody and not blinked an eye. I mean, I was that angry yeah, and that bitter and, and growing up, I mean, my, I hate to disparage him because he's still, yeah, I understand. But, I understand. But, but, you know, but growing up, let's just say, um, my father figure was not necessarily the best father figure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> and my dad and his cousin grew up as brothers. They grew up in the family business together and they're two opposites, hmm. you know, and one is extremely successful and one blames everybody else. Sure. Yeah. And, my dad was the blame everybody else, you know, and that was what I grew up with. And that's all I knew. You know, I didn't know any better. And, um, so you are your environment and, yeah. but I'm going to just tell people that's an excuse. You, you're on your own. You're an adult now. 
Make yeah. your own choices and change your change your be habit habits. If you didn't, and what I found myself doing is doing all the things that I said I would never do because I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I found myself doing those things. And that was really tough for me. And um, yeah, and that that kind of change was hard. And losing that bitterness was the most freeing thing I have ever done. You, you know, something that's helped me, Eric, in line with what you just said about anger and bitterness is um, in my in my meditation practice, I occasionally I do a guided app. So mm-hmm. I use I use the waking up app with Sam Harris. Um, big Sam Harris fan, like his books, everything. But his app is really, really um, his meditation part of his app is really good. And every so often he practices through his guided meditation, something called meta meditation. And what it simply is, is here's the exercise. You know, your eyes are closed, you're breathing. And he'll say, I want you to think for a moment of somebody that you necessarily don't care for. Mm-hmm. Somebody you, 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 you don't have great af- affection for. And he'll say, I want you to think about what they're doing right now at this moment. I want you to say, may you be happy. Mm-hmm. I want you, I want you to wish them a good day. Now this is somebody that you don't like, right? That right. could have, that could have spurned you. It could have been right. an ex. It could have been a business, a partner that sued you. It could have been a neighbor that keeps letting this dog crap in your yard. You know, it could be anything. Right. And, and, and you're sitting there and you're sitting there closing your eyes, forcing yourself. Well, I, I no, it's not forcing yourself. You, you are, you are genuinely wishing somebody happiness right. and, you know, and at that practice, we don't do it a lot. He, he does it maybe once out of every 20 meditation sessions mm-hmm. and it's maybe only about 10 minutes, but I tell you what, during the course of the day, when you're in a situation and you are upset with somebody or somebody makes a post on social media, mm-hmm. I have, a, I have an internal 24 hour rule anyway, where I never comment on anything that makes me mad for 24 hours and 99% of the time I end up never commenting. But, um, but I think this meta kindness, this meta meditation thing, as we go through our day and somebody cuts you off or, you know, they, they could have just lost their dad. They could have just, they could have had a son overdosed by heroin. They they could be, they could be under the influence of methamphetamine. You, you don't know anything about that person. Right. And the fact they cut you off, that's all that is. They just cut you off. Right. And, and I, I was, I was, had to stop you because you talked about this this thing that got me on this meta kindness, but I don't know. I would throw that out there as a practice that, that I work on. Is there anything that in addition to that, maybe you, you try to work on with your, with anger management, you mentioned your wife's helped you a lot, but she can't be with you 24 seven. Your, yeah. your mind, your mind is with you 24 seven. Right, right, right. Yeah. And there were a couple of things that really kind of helped me out is um, I heard this song once that uh, um, God loves. Anyway, I went through this whole thing. The chorus is God loves Muslims. God loves Jews. God loves gay mm-hmm. people. God loves you. Mm-hmm. You know, all these groups that the church says, bad, 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 bad. Right. Right. If God is love, God loves them all. Well, if he loves them, then I have to love them. Yeah. And, you know, and that was hard. I mean, yeah. that was a hard thing to do. And like when you said, when somebody does something bad, I used to get really angry because I had that anger. Me that, too. And then now I stop and think, what's going on in their life? Something bad has happened to make them, they have a hurt 
You feel sorry for them almost. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. I do. I do. I, yeah, I, I do too. Because I'm like, they were, they somewhere in their history, someone hurt them so right. bad that they are this angry that, right. you know, and, and because that was me. Or they have a mental illness. Yeah. 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 Or they're just battling anxiety, depression, or they have something inside of right. them that, that really isn't controlled by them. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it creates I, a I, lot of, it creates a lot of empathy for your day. When you go around and see people that are being jerks and stuff, you just tend to almost feel sorry for them. It's, it's a, it's a very humbling, uh, healthy way to look at, look at life when you go through daily life. Yeah, it is. It really is. And it's, and for me that, yeah. And like you, that's really, for me, it's changed of how I look at people and, you know, you know, if they cut me off, you know, all right. You know, do they have to, is there an emergency? Is do they have to go, you know, you start thinking about, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden I get, you know, at first I get a little ruffled then I'm like, really? Right. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Is it really a big deal? He's in front of me and not behind me. I mean, he's going to get there five seconds before you do. <laughs> right. We're all, we're yeah. all going to stop at the next red light. Yeah, tonight. exactly. So exactly. Is it that big of a deal? You know, yeah. and he, and I actually yeah. have to tell my, and again, I do a lot yeah. of verbalization with myself because yeah, I, I got to tell myself that because right. I have to hear it from myself that really, you know, I just, right. and, I, and I actually say, that, I'm like, really, is that a big deal? Now yeah. being in this business with rejection, you know, building up <sighs> a practice, I mean, did, did that, did you have this ability to do this uh, forever or no. take, let me, let me take this back. I mean. <laughs> Like for the last five years or so, or is this something like for me, all, most of this been, has been cultured um, recently, you know, yes. through, through, through what happened to me. Yeah. Same. It's the last yeah. two or three, last two, three years for me. I mean, um, I was, I was, I was, boy, I mean, I, I think <laughs> in hindsight now, I think having all these anger, jealousy, imposter syndrome, all these things actually helped me build up my financial services practice because I'm highly mm -hmm. competitive. Right. I don't like right. to lose. Right. And now, right. now I'm in a fight with heroin. I'm in a fight with death. I'm in a fight with these things that I obviously am not going to win. Right. So, so, right. so the only thing I can control is this box up here on my shoulders, you know, right. that's the only thing I can really control. Well, and that's, that's what I've also, I've kind of found in this industry is, you know, um, most financial advisors crave acceptance and have a fear of rejection. Oh, but no yet, question. But yet we're in the industry that has, the most rejection. Right. I mean, how sadist is that? You know, right. I mean, you know, we're, we're sadist. We, we, right. we hate rejection, but yet we get rejection all the time. And, and think of the successful uh, women financial advisors, how mm -hmm. rocks, how much rock stars they are, because not only right. all that, but then they're in an industry that's probably 97% male dominated. Right. Or 95, whatever the numbers are. But, yeah. but, yeah. but think, but think of that. Or, or if you're a uh, homosexual, and, yeah, and you're and yeah. you're and you're in this business. I mean, yep. you've got all these all these biases against you. Um, so yeah, so I think I think what's been really I don't I don't know a word. I want I don't want to say fun, but I guess what's been really challenging for me is this continuous learning process. And I, I think Eric, and knowing you a short amount of time, one of the one of the ways that we we um we work our way through life, we navigate through life. I used to tell, I tell my boys that life is like a big game of Frogger. I don't know if you remember the game Frogger mm -hmm. where yep, yep. the frog just yep. jumps and all these things go flying by. That's what every day is like. And it's a matter of a, of a balance of being very grateful when good things happen, being happy, genuinely yep. happy 
when somebody does really well. Right. When another when another right. financial advisor posts something, you're like, instead of saying, God, that sucks. I, this guy's better than me. You know, right. you can say, you know, what? I'm real happy Eric made that video. I, that's awesome. Right. You know, I, right. I now it's got now I got to step up my game. You know, now I got to get right. better. Right. Instead of being instead of being jealous and mad and angry. So there's a lot to learn in, in death. There's a lot to learn in abuse. There's a lot to learn yep. in addiction. There's a lot to learn in in mental health. Um, right. You know, continuously learning. That's kind of the that's well, the journey I'm on. I mean, I love the Marine motto, assess and adapt. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're, and it's, it's not one time they don't assess a, situ a situation once <clears throat> it's continuous <clears throat> the same way in life. We have to continually assess and adapt, assess and adapt. And when you say, and when you're talking about the genuine, cause I used to be, I used to get, you know, be jealous of other people and go, well, you know, come up with excuses and, you know, me too, self, me self too. Blame, all that stuff. Yeah. But, but I have very, I actually have very, very few friends, very few friends. Um, and that's because I'm very guarded. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of acquaintances, but yeah. I have very few friends and my best friend that I do have, I consider him a brother and we're very close. And, and fortunately his wife and my wife are also best friends. I said, that's a unicorn relationship that hardly ever happens. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I remember when he got his first success and he was able to go buy the car that he's always wanted. And I was genuinely happy for him. And I was the, one of the handful of people that was genuinely happy. And he's, he mentioned that and I'm like, you know, and that was probably 20 years ago. And, um, but I also, I don't, he's very successful. Um, and people are constantly asking him for things. He gets mm -hmm. bombarded to be asked, asked for mm -hmm. things. And I said, I'll never ask. I said, that's, I'm, I'm in a right. relationship because I like you, not because I want something from right. you. Right. Right. And I think right. we all know that we, we know those people that want something from us. And like in my industry, in our industry, we have a book of business of people who have money, right? Every nonprofit wants me to be on their board. Yeah. And every nonprofit that I'm on their board, the number one thing they ask me is, can you ask your clients for donations? Yeah. Yeah. No, ethically, no, I cannot, right. you know, right. um, and, and, and then that, that I, I'm short in a short time, I'm off that board. Yeah. Cause I'm like, if you're not here for what, I, that's fine. If you're that's not fine. here for what I can give and what right. I can offer and you only right. want me to get you money, I'm not your guy. Sorry. You know? And, um, and, it, but that also spills into relationships. I think too many people, cause I see it in my own kids, they associate with people that they really shouldn't be associating with mm -hmm. because it's what's familiar and it's what they know. They know it's not what's good for them, but the thought of something else is more scary than dealing with the stuff that they deal with. Cause I was the same way. You can you take know, that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, abusive spouse syndrome. Yes. Right. It's horrible, but it's, at least it's what I know. Yeah. You know, and, and the thought of the, the unknown is more scary than dealing with the abuse. And I think, a lot of people do that in, in relationships that you are what you hang around, you know? And, um, as I say, try and unpickle a pickle, you know, 
a, a yeah. pickle, a, a cucumber becomes a pickle because of what he's surrounded, what it's surrounded with. And it becomes a part of what it's surrounded with. And it's the same with us. We become what we are surrounded with. And it's hard to think I have to change my, the people I associate with because you like them, but they're not necessarily good for you. doesn't mean you can't still like them. I don't know if that kind of makes sense. I'm kind oh, of, no, it no, no, you know, it's just, no, I'm, I'm thinking about a word that comes to mind and I write about it in my book and it's confirmation bias. You know what that is? It's, it's obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, let's just say hypothetically, I'm a, I'm a staunch, you know, Republican conservative and right. I'm going to watch, I'm going to, when Rush was alive, I'm going to listen to Rush all day in the radio. I'm going to come home and watch Hannity and then watch Bill O'Reilly. And, and, and then I wonder why I, when people have another viewpoint, why I can't listen to them. <laughs> I, I right. wonder why. I wonder why I go to birthday parties, and end up arguing with every dad there. Right. right. I'm just giving an example. I'm not that human, but it's like. Right. But but then we wonder why we're unhappy and miserable. And one time, I was talking to someone about the fact I never watch TV. I haven't watched any news in anything in, in literally years. If, if something's that important, someone will text me. Hey, turn on the TV. Right. Um. But I remember talking to someone like, well, I just I want to be informed. I want to be informed. And I said, yeah, but you're angry all the time. I said, right. you want to, you want to be smarter and be upset or be uninformed and be happy. Right. Right. I'll, right. I'll take, I'll take dumb, uninformed, unhappy every freaking day oh. of my life. I don't right. need to know who's running in elections. I don't need to know what they're running for. Right. Um, I'll get a right. synopsis two days before I go vote. I'll get a synopsis on some neutral website right. on everybody's opinion. I don't need to watch debates. It's just like, I know the outcome is going to infuriate me. I know I'm going to walk out of it a, a less intelligent human than I was before I went in. Right. But we, but we as a society keep going down these rabbit holes. Right. Right. And it, I mean, there's a, there was a documentary, I think on uh, Netflix that talked about the people who actually invented social media. Don't let their kids be on social media because <laughs> it's, it's addictive and you know how, but no, I did the same thing is right after the election. Ugh, I got so sick of social media that I just turned yeah. it all off. And I didn't get back on until like March. I mean, I I'll take uninformed all day. Best thing I ever did. I was, you know, yep. I was like, you know, I didn't need I to know care. the stuff. Didn't care. You I know, don't care. You show me. And, you show me how you behave on a given day. You found a nonprofit. You read a book. You go out and speak to people. You raise money. You 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 go talk to kids. You you quit drinking. You do all these things. Right. You got my attention, dude. You right. got my attention. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that's real. I mean, and, but we get so engulfed. It's so easy to get trapped in that social media world. You know, it, is, it, re it, is. it really is. And it's, and for me, it's a catch 22 because I do most of my marketing is on social media. Yeah. And I catch myself going down that rabbit hole. You know, I post a video and I'm like, Ooh, how many likes did I get? How many, you know, how many views did I get? What are the comments? You know, constantly checking that because again, goes back to, I need that affirmation and I need that acceptance. So it feeds into that. And it, I have to just catch myself and say, all right. So I know in order for me to control that, I will post something at a certain time yeah, and I will check it only twice throughout, throughout the day. And I know when I'm going to check it. And those are the only times I check it. And then I just got to let it go. You I'm know? so happy. I'm happy you brought this up, Eric, because I follow people as you do on social media. And I get a kick out of people that 
express this attitude where they don't really care what people think, but then they comment on how many hundreds of thousands of people like their video. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, what am I missing here? You, you, you're, you triumphantly tell everybody that you're independent and you're fierce and, and screw everybody. And I'm, and I'm, th and then you're quoting how many people you have that subscribe right. to your, or, or, and I'm like, right. okay, I, to me, that just seems like a disconnect. First of all, right. um, I have, I shouldn't say never, uh, I rarely, rarely ever, I can't say that, oxymoron. I rarely look at the number of eyeballs right. that that are on my project. So for example, yeah. by Living Undeterred Project, I started in January. Uh, I, 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 there's a little thing down there, icon that shows all the people that look and stuff and all the likes. I, I, right. I don't read comments. I very rarely look at how many people uh, look at some of my best blogs I ever written had the lowest amount of of eyeballs read, <laughs> and my and my blogs right. that I did in the last yeah. moment to hit my yeah. deadline for Molly had my most my most reads. Right. I don't understand it. It doesn't matter to me. I no. wrote a book coming up on uh, coming up on one year ago. Um, this is my book. Anyone interested? This one's for you: an inspirational journey through addiction, death, and meaning. And that's awesome. my son, our okay. son Seth, who died of heroin. Um, I never have looked at how many books copies I've sold. Never mm -hmm. one time, right? Never one time. Right. And I had a speaking session uh, a couple nights ago at, uh, at a. Um, it's called the acronym's Crush. Uh, it's for people that have uh, lost people to heroin. And um, mm -hmm. and I took a bunch of books with me. And uh, Molly, who's in charge of my whole program, you met Molly mm -hmm. today. Yep. She's awesome. She's always like, well, you know, Jeff, you wrote this book. The money's going into your nonprofit. Make sure you don't give away a lot of free books. You know, she's she's thinking, right. you know, as a business person, I, I get that. Right. Yep. I, I can't. I put my own money into this project. I've never made a penny. Right. And any money I make on the book goes into my nonprofit. Well, anyway, so the other night I have these books sitting there and what does Jeff Johnston do? People coming up, you know, these addicts, these alcoholics, these people struggling, they don't have a lot of money. I right. start giving away free books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I took 40 books with me. I walked back with none. I, I didn't bring any home. And I think I had $40 in my pocket. <laughs> But you know what? You know what? I didn't write the book to make money. I wrote right. the book to be read. Correct. Correct. That's why I wrote the book. Well, and that's like that's like the content I create. You know, um, I hired some consultants, and you you know who they are, and I, yeah, and I yeah. love them absolutely. And, I do too. And, and they're awesome. They're awesome guys. And uh, you know, it's in. I joke about it sometimes because I go, "All right, this video is going to go viral because it's so awesome, and it has a hundred <laughs> views." You know, right. And then I take a picture of my wife's coffee cup one morning and say, if this is what your coffee looks like, you don't like coffee. You like coffee creamer. 10,000 views. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's what? insane. It's you know, insane. You know, it's and, insane. If you, and, and, but what they've taught me is don't get hung up on the, no. on the interactions. Cause some of it's not even yep. real anyway. Yeah. And, and so what I focus on in my content is just creating good content just creating good content. And sometimes that means not putting out the content. I mean, th there are, there's probably a dozen videos that I never, ever posted yeah. because I got done and I looked at them and went, that's just not right. Or, right. you know, that's not good enough. It's not, you know, ah, that's just doesn't, it's not saying what I want it to say that I just, I would rather not post something. Um, then just water posting, it down. I agree. Then, then posting something a crap that no one's, you know, because uh, for me, it's, it's like everything in life. It's like your actions, you know, um, you can do everything right. 
nine out of 10 times. But that 10th time, if it's somebody's first time interacting yeah. with you, you're a jerk. But how about, how about, how about the greatest sales presentation, the greatest financial plan you ever put together? You spent two weeks putting it together the greatest visual right. uh, presentation. The great, it made, it made the most sense. Right. And the guy said, nah, I'm going to, I'll think about it. And then you go in, you're late, you, you're scrambling, you're, you don't even have any paperwork. You're right. throwing stuff together on a yellow pad of paper and you make a $2 million sale. Right. And you're like, you're like, how in the hell, <laughs> how did that happen? Huh? Yeah, like, yeah, I know. It's like, I know. I know. And, and that's, and that's kind of how social media works. It's like, you just yeah. got to stick. You got to keep doing what you believe in. You're, right. you're, 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 when you find your why you'll find your way, right. you know? And, and I just can't, I can't tell people uh, enough about that. If I was a coach and I'm not a, I'm not a life coach, I'm not a motivational speaker, but, but if I was, I would simply say, stick to what your convictions are, believe in what you're doing. Right. And you're going to have a hard time not being successful. Right. Well, and I'm going to say, and, and when you hit on that is, you know, finding your why. So I've been in this industry a little over 13 years. Okay. <clears throat> I hated it whenever I would go to a seminar or you know, hire a coach or something, they'd say, well, let's figure out what your why is. Yeah, I understand. I went 11 years without a why. Right. <laughs> I had, I'm like, I don't know why I do it. You know, it's just at the time I needed a job. My, I had a guy, my financial advisor says, Hey, why don't you do this? And I was like, right. all right, I'm, you know, and, and I said, I got into it. Cause yeah, I like the looks of all the money and yeah. you know, but as I soon realized it wasn't about the money, it's about the people. And, you know, but I really didn't know my why until about two, three years ago, I really figured out what my why was. Doesn't mean I wasn't good at what I was doing, um, but, and I, but I controlled my habits those 10, 11 years. I controlled my habits to be good habits. What is your why? To make a difference in people's lives. And that, um, you know, I talk about being a pastor. And we, I do more ministry today as a financial planner than I ever did as a at preaching in a pulpit hmm. because the number one challenge people have in their marriages and most relationships has to deal with money. Right. Right. And goes back to what we talked about before when people with are more vulnerable with me talking about money and their life and how to live their best life than they ever were in a counseling session with me as a pastor. It's interesting. And so I know more about them. I know more about what they, how they want to be. And that now I'm able to do that. And it's, and it's, um, and again, I'm not a Bible banging person right. in your face. You know, I gently nudge them to, you know, to being better. And, um, Anyway, and it, and, it, and it leads into different conversations. And that's, I've learned to value those relationships much more that I finally went, I would rather have a hundred quality relationships than 600 accounts, right. you know, and, and that's, that's been my philosophy now for the last few years. I'm going, no, 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 I don't. I, I don't, I'm not going to take somebody just to take somebody 
kind of drives my wife nuts every once in a while because she's like, well, they got like $2 million. Got to say no. Yeah. Not my client. They're not my client. And, you know, when you talk about making the plan, I had a referral from one of my best clients and he came in and we, I went through the whole thing and, you know, he had a $2 million and, you know, I opened the account and we were set to do everything. The money never showed, you know, and, um, and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll get it next week. I'll get it next week. You know, we're all good. You know, I'll, I'll transfer it next week. Well, next week never happened. Right. And finally, I just had to re- I just had to send him a note and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I appreciate it. Obviously, you've changed your mind. It's okay to tell me no. Um, and, you know, and just kind of, and I said, but I'll close. I'm going to close the account because nothing's happening with it. And enough time's gone by. I'm just going to close the account. And, you know, I wish you well. And, um and the guy who referred him to me, he's like, well, he hasn't come over, you know, you know, what if he does and all this stuff. And I find to tell him, I said, you know what? I love you. You're one of my favorite clients, but he's not my client. Right. You are. You are. Right. And, and if I said, it, I, I doubt I would ever take him back because if you're, if you tell me you're going to do something multiple times and don't do it, then I don't want to work with you. Right. You know? Pretty clear. Um, it's pretty it's, clear. It's all about the actions. I don't care what you tell me. I yeah. don't care about what you, oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to start contributing more to my IRA, but never do. Well, the guy made it pretty clear that your relationship is being built on deception right out of the bat because exactly. he's not, he's, so, you know, down the road, the first time the market goes down 30%, you're going to have right. a very upset client. Hey, let's yeah. do this. Um, as we're wrapping up the show here, sure, uh, sure. this is, this has been awesome. Uh, in your experience, what would be some words of wisdom, some nuggets of knowledge that you can uh, partake to my followers and my watchers and listeners to help them with the mental health epidemic we have today? What, what are what are some things that come to mind as people watch this that doesn't matter where they work, doesn't matter their marital mm-hmm. state, doesn't matter um, you know what their occupation is, doesn't even really matter a lot. It just matters how this is doing up here. Right. How how do we get people to improve their personal well-being and the lives of those people around them? Good question. Good question. Um, there's something I've told my kids all the while they were growing up. We all go to the school of life. Some of us pay more tuition than others. And I paid some doozies. And you can look at a, any situation that way. That, all right, this is just tuition, move on. You know, I'm going to learn from this, move on. Or you can wallow in and, you know, and, and I've, I've found for me personally, I can wallow in it for an hour or three days, but I'll be right back to where I was in the beginning. Yeah. So I'm a take charge kind of a person and I just go, okay, well, what's the solution or, or, you know, and it goes back to what we talked about before. You have to take care of you and you got to get your internal voice in line. And if you, if you don't change your internal voice, um, nothing's going to change because if you're constantly telling you yourself, you're a failure, you can, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm an addict. I'm a, you know, whatever, if that's what you're constantly telling yourself. And if that negative voice is all you're listening to, you're all you're going to get is the negative. And 
for me, I had to just change that voice of saying when that negative came in, no, that's who I was. That's not who I'm trying to be. And that's not where I'm going. Just telling myself that changed everything. And, um, and, and I, and I'll tell your people out there, there was a moment in my life that making the bed in the morning was a huge accomplishment for me. Yeah. You know, that was, and so I get it, you know, Mm -hmm. I get it. I've been there and, um, and I could easily slip back there. Oh yeah. 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 You you know, you never conquer, you never conquer this. No. Like you you had your box a short time ago, you had that box. Yeah. You knew if you opened it, what was going to happen, Right. but you opened it anyway. Right. And, And what happened happened. Right. And the same thing with me. I mean, we all have that box. Absolutely. And um, if you're not ready to open it, be prepared, prepare yourself. Cause you know, you have to um, be prepared to when this, I mean, I work, I do this with my clients. I mean, we do this with my clients and you can do it with anything in life of, okay, the market takes a downturn. What are we going to do? Right. Um, so that when the market does take the downturn, there's, they're not calling and panicking because we know what we're going to do. We've already, we've already discussed it. You have to do that. Okay. The next time this emotion comes up, the next time the rage comes up within me, the next time the depression comes up in me, what am I going to do to handle it? And if you don't think about it ahead of time, then you're just going to react to it. And it's easy to get sucked into that vortex. Perfectly said, perfectly said, because I, I've been saying too, Eric, in line with that, um, and I got a couple of notes I read down here I wanted to hit before we ended, but mm-hmm. I like to say prevention and preparedness because the mm-hmm. prevention part, the prevention part would be eating healthy, exercising, non-toxic relationships, don't drinking, don't smoke, you know, that that's right. your, 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 you're involving yourself. And, and then there's the preparation. That's the mental, I know something right. bad's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Right. Somebody close to me is going to die or I'm going right. to die first. You know, that's right. and that, right. nobody's figured out a way to live forever. Right. Uh, I have a, a great friend of mine, Ben Rogers, who was a guest on my show uh, a couple uh, shows ago. Uh, very active community stalwart here in Cedar Rapids. He's got a tattoo on his arm. And I just learned as I had to write it down because I'm trying to remember it. It's non sum qualis aram. And it's by the poet, uh, Latin poet Horace. And what it means is I am not what I used to be. Mm. And, and, and he has that tattooed on his arm and he talks about his sobriety and his alcoholism and all that. It's about the evolution of of our lives. It's like, I'm not, I'm not that kid back in college. I'm not that, I'm not that individual that was married just nine weeks ago. You know, that person is not here anymore. Right. I'm, I'm widowed. I'm widowed at this point in my life. So right. why go back there and and try to live in that world that doesn't exist? And if I do, find the positive things about right. my marriage and the positive right. things about my son Seth. Right. So that that was one thing I want to throw out there. And then the last thing I wanted to say, and you talked about this about um, a couple of minutes ago, and it's a word that keeps coming into my mind. I love absolutely love this word. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about how this word kind of works into day-to-day conversations with kids. So I'm talking to my son Roman the other night. He's having a tough, a tough day. 
Um, you know, he's 18 and lost his older brother and lost his mom. You know, I still have all my brothers and I still have my parents and I'm 55. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't relate to that. Right. And I always say a quote to, to the boys. I always say, you know, I was once your age, you were never mine. Yep. And that's when, that's when I talked to him, you know, I've been 18, you've never been 55. And Roman turned that on me. Right. He said, yeah, dad, you were 18, but you never lost a brother and a mom. Right. And right. I went, wow, that's, that's awesome, dude. I gave him a big hug. We started crying together and, and he was having a really bad time. And I said, you know, Roman, think of the greatest moment that you had in the last couple of months. Right. Greatest moment. Um, and my, my, my youngest son is, is gay. He, he came out as gay and, and we embraced it. And I, I love the journey he's on. And he said, he said, I hear a phone ringing. Um, yeah, hold on. Hold oh, on. you're good. What? Nope. That's good. Uh, but the point I'm right. this, so, so my youngest son's gay, he came out as gay and it's been an incredible learning experience for me. But he said the best moment I've had the last 60 days was the time I spent with my boyfriend. And I said, he lives in Denver, Colorado. I said, you know, Roman, but you knew at some point that moment was going to end, right? The idea of the idea of impermanence. Right. Right, and I right. said, I said, this moment you have right now, the way you're feeling about your mom and your brother, that so too will end. Right. That yep. lifespan is impermanent right. as well. So the good moments and the bad moments, they right. don't last. And right. so when you're when you're in the lowest of times, you're considering suicide, right. you're you want to have that drink and you're open that box like I did a few weeks ago. I knew. I knew that that moment was going to end yep. as, as did the best moments of my life. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, the non sum quala saram uh, Latin phrase that I, I may have as a tattoo somewhere in my arm now, too. I am not what I used to be. That is such an awesome, awesome phrase about living life, evolving through life right. as right. that's what we do. That's what we right. do. And it's not, a, that's not a, I'm not saying I'm a proponent of evolution versus creation. Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about, right. we, no, we do no. evolve, but we evolve right. daily, right. evolve daily. Um, well, we, all have we all have experiences. Perfect. Yep. Every experience changes us, defines changes us, us you yeah. know, and, and whether it be big or small, you right. know. And, and, um, for, for me going along those lines of what I've had to do, and I've had this conversation with my daughter many times, cause she's a little stubborn. And, uh, but I said, the thing is, is, it, um, where's your focus, right? Where's your focus. Right. And I find that when I'm in my lowest times, my focus is all on me and on, on it's me, 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 me. I'm sad. I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm. Yep. And, um, but to change that around, my focus has to go outward to others. Well, said. so she was, um, and I told her this many times, she was a micro preemie. She was a pound and a half when she was born, she was a little yeah. teeny, tiny thing. She's 22 now. Great, healthy. Um, and I said, that stubbornness is what kept you alive when you were little. Mm. I said, but as you evolved and as you grew, let me tell you what I said, stubbornness is all inward focus. It's about you. I don't want to. Right. Right. Okay. That's the focus of stubbornness. I don't. I said, but now turn that outward and focus it on an outward thing. I said, now it's determination and it makes you unstoppable. Perfect. It's the same emotion. Absolutely. But where's your focus? And um, I guess, you know, if anybody's listening, I don't know if it makes a difference, but really 
what words are you using in your head? Yeah. Is it, is it I, 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 me, me, me? If that's the case, change the recording and change your focus. And once you do, life gets better. If you start focusing on other people, your issues become so much smaller, so much smaller. And you know, that that's just the big key, make a difference and it. And you don't have to make a big difference. I mean, it's as simple as, um, going back into a store and somebody has a shopping here, let me take that for you and take the shopping cart away. You know, yeah. it's, it's those little yeah. things that make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like, you know, I, I've shared this story with you before that, um, there by the grace of God, there go I, I've been there. I've been broke, been on food stamps, yeah. you know, been homeless. I've been all of that. And that when I see somebody in a, in his grocery store, you know, I see a young mom with three kids acting up, trying, you know, trying to take care of things and pulls out her, her, uh, EBT card. I'll just say, Hey, I got this. It's okay. Right. I got right. this. And, you know, um, it's, that's, that's the, that's the kind of mm-hmm. kindness that one, I can't, I'm thankful I can do that now. Yeah. yeah, point yeah. In my life, I was yeah. that person. I couldn't right. do it. Sure. Yeah. You know, and that I can, and it, it I, I say it many times in my church, the mission field is right here. It's not in Costa Rica. It's right here. There are enough yeah. people here that you can make an impact on. Oh, it, we need it. And it doesn't. And again, it's just, it's just a smile. It's just, you yeah. know, it doesn't, it's not a lot. People think it's a lot, but when you're in the midst of it, think about it. If you're hurting right now, if somebody just said hot, hello with a smile, or yeah. I hope you have a yeah. great day. Um, anything like that. I, I said, for, I told my boys, you know, five times a day, you know, if I say 10, 20 p- people can't count to me five right. times a day, do something to put a smile on somebody's face. Mm-hmm. And it could be the littlest thing. You're walking out of the grocery store, the kid that's in high school bagging your groceries. Hey, look at his, look at his name tag. Hey, Sam. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great day. Yeah. You know, just a little, well, how long did that freaking take? You know, instead yeah. of just taking your bag Right. And act like you're some, you know, country clubber or something and just right. walk out of there like that kid owed me. That kid needs to bag bag my bag. Right. And maybe he put my fruit with the meat and, and I now I'm pissed off. It's like, you know, just oh, I don't know. We could go on for hours, man. But, um, but you know, I, Dale Carnegie says it best when you say that. Dale Carnegie said it best. The, what's the sweetest what's the sweetest word in the in the language that people like to hear? Their own name. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're right. That's, it is, it's the, it's not a big thing. It's a, it's just those little things that, that, um, those, those are what make the difference. And it's, it's, it's not about you. I mean, you talk well, remember, about my why it's not about me anymore. If, if uh, you, it's, it's, about, it, it's about others. If you're a jerk, you're suffering, you're angry. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. These are all choices you have. And so I think, I think to wrap this up, this has been an awesome, it's an hour and nine minutes. So I appreciate it. Um, I think our pre-interview went about as long as well. Um, and uh, real quickly, where can people reach you if they want to comment or follow you on social media? What's the best place to reach Eric Boyum? Absolutely. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Um, so my LinkedIn, it's Fortify Financial Services, same on YouTube. My website is is fortifyfinancialservices.com. You can reach me at any of those. Um, drop me an email, uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's, I say it, go live your best life, whatever that may be, live your best life. And, uh, 
You know, well, you say, I, you say I, undeterred. It's, it's I was just going to say, they say live undeterred. Yep. <laughs> it's all, it's all the same. And I say, and I say it to everybody. It's not a flippant phrase that I say. I genuinely mean it from when I say live your right. best life. It comes from my heart because I lived 50 years of my life miserable. Right. Mis absolutely miserable. And I just, I can think of all the time that was wasted ah. and the little things that just didn't matter. And it was a self-inflicted wound and just, just do whatever you have to do. It's, it's up to you. It's not somebody else. It's not, it's not some special program, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Well, you and I both don't have, we don't, in the context of time, we don't have a lot left and uh, it's extremely important for us to make the best of it. So listen, yeah, I love you like, there's more road behind us than there is in front of us. Yeah. Just watch out for the demon van from hell that comes flying down the highway. Make sure you hide in the bushes and get out of the way and let that thing get out of your head. Um, listen, brother, I love you like a brother. All right. Uh, appreciate the show. And uh, for those people that are interested, you can subscribe on my YouTube channel. The livingundeterred.com website has everything. You can purchase the book. It talks about the Living Undeterred US tour next May. We take off for 92 days around the country. My goal is to raise a million dollars for mental health, substance abuse, and addiction. So I'm um, hoping to meet Eric uh, when I come up to Idaho. So with that, um, have a great uh, rest of your week. And as I always say, live undeterred. <laughs>